What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. going on hogline nation welcome back to the hogline podcast i'm your host returning for the super bowl preview show mitchell manis alongside co-host jack manis and andrew Scheffler. welcome back folks super bowl week very exciting stuff this is one of my favorite episodes of the year uh was on the super bowl preview last year when the chiefs played the bucks that was a fantastic episode and uh we have a lot to talk about today We've got game previews. We have our final, final, final lock of the week. Not just the regular season, but the postseason as well. We'll get into kind of how that's going to shake out here. Jack is all but clinched it, but I have a slim chance of coming back and winning. We'll explain the logistics in a second there. Um, And of course, we've got tons of prop bets. We've got some regular ones. We've got some novelty ones. We've got some ones that we made up ourselves. So... A, a little bit of a smorgasbord, if you will, a little bit of everything there. Um, and at the end, we've got some trivia, because as you know, we are a, a heavily trivia-based, Jeopardy-based sports podcast here. How are you guys feeling? Super Bowl week, Super Bowl's in six days. Is your anticipation growing? Sure. Yes, I, have, I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> Good. You, you progressively get less and less sleep. Yes. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, I kind of ran down the agenda there of what we're going to go through today. Uh, we'll get the business stuff out of the way first with the game preview, a little bit of X's and O's, and then we'll get into the more, I guess, if you will, fun stuff or the little, uh, the silly stuff. Uh, yeah, let's we'll, get silly. We'll get silly on some prop bets at the yeah. end there. Why not? Um, I guess we can start off with, with the lock of the week logistics. Uh, Jack, sure. what, what's the standings again? Like I forget. I asked you earlier today. Um, I sent them. I think they are. I'm in the lead at eight and six. Mitchell's second, six and eight. Shref is third, five and nine. So there you have it. Um, and we picked two: the the over under and the spread for each game. So, in order for me to win, I need to have two completely different picks than Jack. Uh, so if he ends up picking the same as me, which he promised. I'm honoring his word that he is not going to alter his picks based off of what I say. So uh, if we pick difference, like completely opposite for the spread and the total, then, and assuming I win both of mine and he loses both of his, then we'd be tied. 
before we started recording, we were thinking of a tiebreaker and we kind of struggled to come up with one. However, we decided if I win the, uh, the, excuse me, the trivia at the end of the episode here, that'll be the tiebreaker. Uh, and that would give me the victory there. So in order for me to have a chance, I may be eliminated by the time we're done recording this episode here. Um, so I need to pick different picks than Jack and beat him in the trivia to have a chance to get that merch and dinner purchased by the other two contestants. So there you have it. So at the end of our game preview here in the first segment of the show, you will hear our selections. And uh, without further ado, what do you guys think? Uh, I guess first on the docket here, what's a matchup you guys are looking forward to? Uh, whether that be player versus player, position group versus position group, personnel versus personnel, what's uh, what do you, what, what's a matchup you guys are, you know, anticipating? I'll go first. Um, I have a personnel versus personnel one. I got the battle in the trenches between the offensive line of the Bengals versus the Rams defensive line. Uh, as we all know, Rams have a star-studded D-line, headlined by Aaron Donald. They bring in Von Miller midseason, who's he's having a, a great second half. Um, Rams are third in the league in sacks, most sacks of uh, 50. And as we all know, Bengals have a pretty bad offensive line, one they failed to address in the draft with their first overall pick, or first round pick, excuse me. Um, there, they have the third most allowed sacks. So the third most sacks versus first the third most allowed sacks at 55 um we they allowed nine sacks versus the titans two weeks ago i don't know what they had last week actually um but the titans pass rush is i'd say decent at best i think they were 10th in sacks um it's gonna be a tough one for for burrow but hey he's made it this far so he he can who knows Definitely. Uh, it's definitely strength versus weakness right. uh, between these two teams. And we all know uh, very well how much that can play a part in the, in the Super Bowl, as it happened last year. I mean, the Chiefs looked unstoppable. They were favorites in that game against the Bucs last year. However, that was the story of the game. Uh, Mahomes had no time to throw, and that really inhibited the, the Chiefs' offense, and they, they got blown out. They lost by 22. So who knows if that'll be a uh, important, you know, battle there. And I'm sure it will, you know, if the Bengals can hold them off a little bit, I mean, they're not going to completely protect them the whole game. That seems unlikely, but if they can, I guess, limit the impact of the line, we will see what happens there. Shref, what is your matchup you're looking forward to the most? That worked out well. Cause I, I assume Jack was going to take the, the O line versus the, the D line on that one. Um, I'm going to go individual matchup and you can probably guess where this one's going. I am very excited to see the one-on-one -on -one, assuming that they have him just kind of like follow him around the field, which is what I'm hoping for. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Jalen Ramsey go up against Jamar chase um, Ramsey without a doubt, a top, I mean, I don't know. What would you guys say? Top three corner, arguably best corner in the league. Um, and then Jamar chase who has already proven himself to be a top wide receiver in the league, even though, it's only his first year. Um, and it, it's more like, obviously I'm excited to see the matchup. I'm more just excited to see what the Rams decide to do. Like in an, in an ideal world, I would love to see Ramsey versus chase the entire game. 
But if they do move him around the field, I'll be interested to see how they can adjust to that with, I mean, you have T Higgins and you have Tyler Boyd there as well. Um, last time I checked they're they're both pretty good at football as well. Um, so it, it, I'm very just, just intrigued to see how they use Ramsey. But if we do get that, like mostly one-on-one Ramsey versus Chase, I think that's going to be a great test for both of them, especially Chase. I would, it would be great. It would be crazy to see Chase kind of dominate Ramsey on the biggest stage like that. So that's, that would be my pick. Hey, I mean, great minds think alike because that was also my selection. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I have a backup one here, so we can go with that. Um, I am looking forward to see the Bengals secondary, whoever they have on Cooper Cup. That's something I am interested in seeing. Uh, it doesn't, like I said, kind of like the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem, you know, quite likely that they're going to completely shut him down because no one has. I mean, I just wanted to verify, so I looked it up. He's had 20 touchdowns this year, including the regular season and the postseason. He has four in the postseason so far through three games. That's Cooper Cup and 16 in the regular season. So, like, literally no one has shut him down at all. Um, you know, in the NFC Championship last week, 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. And the week prior, he had 183 yards. So, it's not bad. if they can keep him to, like, 90 or 100 yards – Bengals got a really, really good shot of winning this game. So that's going to be something to monitor as well. I mean, he's definitely going to be heavily targeted, of course. I mean, he has the whole season. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I had Ramsey versus Chase as mine as well. And to see a young guy who's literally, what is he, 21 years old? I think he's 21. Chase, yeah. I think to, so. He turns 21, 22 soon, I think to if he does dominate probably the best corner in the league a top three corner in the league in my opinion the best in the league he's 27 years old he's still in the in, right in the midst of his primes just yep. to, to have someone who is our age or younger uh, go against Jalen Ramsey and dominate him in the Super Bowl that would be quite the quite the scene be real cool Kind of a similar note. What's a storyline that you guys are looking forward to the most? I, I I do have a backup as well here, just in case you guys share similar thoughts. But uh, Jack, what's a storyline that you are looking towards? Um, I got a pretty mainstream one. It's the quarterbacks. Um, the uh, battle of the first overalls. Now, previewed or I guess a before we do the trivia is a trivia question for you guys last time. And the only time it was ever occurred two first overall picks. Who was it? Oh man. Um, Can you give us a little bit of a hint? Like how long ago was this roughly? Was it uh, more recent or was more it, recent. Recent. it was, is, is it Peyton versus cam? Yep. Peyton versus cam Newton in 2015 to 16. Super Bowl. Good one trip. That was good. Thank you. Um, yeah, as I said, both former first overall picks, one one year ago, I guess you'd say, in 2020, and then one in 2009. Um, and both quarterbacks are just so likable. Uh, Burrow, as I've said before, and as we all know, he's insanely likable. You can't not dislike him. No, you can't not like him. You can't not like there him. There you go. You got that was it. a triple negative. Can't not dislike him. Um, but he has a great story with his whole transfer situation to becoming a national champion, then a Heisman first overall pick, and possibly Super Bowl champion. Um, he would be the I don't know if you guys saw the stat, he'd be the first uh to ever win a Heisman national championship and Super Bowl 
that's never been done before, and he could possibly do it within a span of two calendar years. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, that's pretty crazy. And then flip it over to Stafford, who I think inevitably is getting less spotlight just because of how popular Burrow is. But I mean, consensus, I think he's he's very well well liked as well. Um, and I'd say most have felt bad for him of his entire career being in Detroit. Um, a very, very good quarterback, but just on a terrible team um, with the Lions. Um, he has an inspiring story, too. I Do you guys know? I feel like this is a pretty significant story that I don't think got as much national attention as I thought it did. You guys know about his wife the past, I think, mm-hmm. two years? Is yeah. Can't or some brain, type of brain, brain tumor. Brain tumor. Yeah, brain tumor. yeah, yeah. I think so. And it, I just read about it. It's so serious that like she even had to like learn. She's a former athlete and she had to learn, learn to like walk again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was two or three years. I don't remember. It was pretty recent, but also inspiring story as well, alongside Burroughs. But um, yeah, I guess that's all I gotta say about the quarterback matchup. I, I can't take credit for this because TJ is the one who did text me about this this week, but how, how embarrassing is it that the Reliance couldn't put any type of support around Stafford the year, the one year he leaves, he goes to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he had, he had, he hadn't, hadn't won a playoff game, right? Beforehand, before this Not year? I, no. I think the only, he only made the, the playoffs only once and they were the sixth seed and I think they lost to the Packers. The only, no, no, no the only, the only game I ever recall them playing in for the Super were in the playoffs was the Dallas game. That was Dallas. Yes, I'm sorry. Didn't they Dallas. play? The, they played the Saints one year too. They might have played the Saints. Jack, Jack, what you're thinking of is that Dallas beat um, Detroit and then went into that Packers game the week after, which was the Dez catch. Maybe it was 100% was. Okay. Trust me. Trust me, bro. But yeah, how how embarrassing is that? If you're yeah. the, if you're any upper management of the Lions, like you've got yeah. to be kicking yourselves. I just. Yeah, that that's bad. I mean, they've been awful for years. The front, the management, I, you, they have to be like their two best players in their franchise history retired like five years too early. Uh-huh. Insane. And then throw Stafford in there. Their top three, so their top three players in franchise history either retired early or requested a trade like before they were like thirty-two years old. Thirty, like <laughs> that's it's pretty bad. And it's like gone on for a while, like Barry Sanders from what, like the late nineties. So this has gone on for Early 20 plus he years. He played from, uh, I think it was 89 to 98. So this is I'm like, saying like when he retired. Right. So right. yeah, it's been like 25 years of this then. Right. Embarrassing. Shref, what's a storyline you're looking forward to? I know Jack kind of uh, went very vague in general there, so it's kind of be tough to think of something. But I do have a backup. But uh, uh, yeah, I've I, I have one. I, I was thinking of QBs. I mean, I, I think obviously the, the QBs are going to be the the main talk of this game and have been. I'm looking over at Mr. McVeigh on the sidelines, and this is more of a like hypothetical storyline, like the, and it's kind of about like the disparity between how he's viewed as a coach depending which way this goes so like on one side you lose this game you're now oh and two in super bowls your first one you're in you go against the pats and your defense plays about the best game they could have possibly played against a brady led patriots team and what what was the final score of that game i don't remember the exact score 13 to three yeah so you like you you catch tom brady on a day where he maybe doesn't have his best stuff your defense is playing well and sean mcveigh's offense is the reason that they lost you can blame jared golf whatever you want to do but offense puts up three points in the super bowl not great um 
now you're coming in this year, which, and I mean, from the perspective of someone who like, who just watches football in general, you would imagine that the Rams have the upper hand here. You have a very experienced quarterback, not, not Super Bowl experience, but just experience in general. You have so many like older team leaders. You have Aaron Donald on the defensive side. You have Von Miller. Now you have Jalen Ramsey on offense. You still have Cooper cup. Who's been there for a few, for a few, a few years, still have Andrew Whitworth sitting there. You have all this leadership ability. You would think the Rams should be coming into this game with the, like, as the favorite, which they are all of a sudden, if, if he loses this game, McVeigh, I don't know what like level you put him on. I'm trying to think of like a comparison with a coach who would, who would be like that. Um, but then on the flip side, if, if, if the Rams win this game, which I think most are expecting them to, I think his narrative as a top coach in the league, all of a sudden skyrockets. Cause I mean, it, it's no, it's no secret that he's clearly one of the smarter offensive minds in the game today. Um, and Mitchell, I'm sure you, I've always been a McVeigh over Shanahan guy personally. Um, so for me, it's just the difference in how he's viewed as a coach, depending on which way this game goes. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I completely agree. And I, Sean McVeigh is my favorite coach besides Mike Tomlin. I love him. So I I think he's fantastic. He's innovative. He's just so intelligent when it comes to a football mind. I, this is going to be my first season being a head coach of Charlie's flag football league in in the spring. I was the offensive coordinator last year and I did base a lot of my play calling on Sean McVay. I've watched um, some film and I have incorporated his, his scheme into, into my scheme. So Mm. someone I, I look up to and I, I'll always be in his corner. So I, I do wish the best for him, but it's definitely a legacy game for him here. Um, there's no excuses. Like you mentioned, just the upgrade from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. Uh, I, I highly doubt that Stafford's going to um, poop the bed to keep it PG. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, you have, like you've mentioned, you have experience, postseason experience, veteran experience all over the field on both sides of the ball. Uh, you didn't mention Sony Michelle, Super oh, Bowl. Yeah, Sony champion. Michelle's also there. Yeah. Super Bowl champion. He played really well that one postseason. So he's got uh, some experience as well. Um, so it's it's really veteran postseason heavy and the Bengals who are a relatively young team and I mean I guess you could say you know like the Patriots right when they went what was that three years ago 2019 Patriots defense very formidable Mm -hmm. Bengals defense while it's played definitely better than expectations going into the season it's not like a very uh, touted it's not the top of the league defense that, you know, we are seeing in some of the Super Bowls in the past. Um, they're kind of more of an offensive led team in that regard. So there are no, literally no excuses this time. Yep. Uh, and that was, that was my backup storyline. Oh, However, no, it's all good. Um, I'll just go to talk about Zach Taylor a little bit. I mean, yeah. sure. talk about an ascension over the past calendar year. I mean, this is a guy that, if this year went sideways, he would easily be fired. Yeah. I mean, his first two years as coach, they were six, 25 and one. That's a terrible record. Two and 14, the first year four 11 and one the next year, he was really going to be on the hot seat. If, if they didn't make the playoffs or come anywhere close to it. So, and now you have to think, especially if he wins the Super Bowl, he's good for the next, I mean, you can't say anything's for certain. You look at Doug Peterson, he won a Super Bowl yeah, and, wow. and was That's fired. Cool. Sorry. Well, I was going to say credit 
credit to the Bengals front office for sticking it out with him too. Right. And I mean, I, I've definitely been a proponent in the, an advocate for, I think that general managers are slightly too, if I had to pick one way or the other, mm-hmm. slightly more impatient than they should okay. be. Uh, Cause that's just the way society is that it's a very instant gratification world we live in. Um, and if you don't see results right away, then they tend to kick you to the curb, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't, bl- if, if he had another bad year, I couldn't blame them for three years, you know, moving on at yeah. that point, but you got to think he's locked it down for at least another three or four years with a Super Bowl win, even in a Super Bowl appearance, he's definitely, right. you know, secured his job for the foreseeable future. All right. Wait, can I, can I ask a fun little hypothetical here? Go ahead. I, I was considering for mine to just add this on to Jack. Jack was talking about the QBs where Rams win, where, what does Stafford look like in terms of hall of fame chances? Oh, I yeah. think he, well, he's already in. You I, think he is? I mean, yeah, but the, yeah. With, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, I, I still think he should get a nod even without a Super Bowl, but I think with a Super Bowl, this like locks it in for him. I think he's locked. I think he locked in regardless. I'm 100% in with Jack. If, if he doesn't get in, win or loss of this game, I don't think it affects his. Like he's going to have the stats that, like, oh, yeah, he, had, he has the gaudy passing numbers, which is kind of what I was It's going to surpass like Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers never won one. Philip Rivers is like, I think going to be in the hall of fame i think consensus is right i think if stafford wins this he's a first ballot hall of fame yeah i was gonna say that too but he's going i think if he loses he's still gonna get in whether it's not first ballot or not but so yeah legacies are certainly on the line all over the place all right i think it's time to share our selections and talk and talk about our you know rationale behind so who is going should Shreff go because he's so no offense Shreff, I, I was gonna say I feel like I should be going so first, probably you kind of give your thoughts on how this one's gonna go in your opinion yeah that's fine okay so obviously a tough one I mean when you're when you're looking at I feel like especially when you're when you're only looking at one game like regular season when, when we're betting on like multiple different games I feel like we're not as nervous about each individual pick because you're taking so many different games where you're like, okay, if I lose this one, I still have a couple more that I can rely on. This one is just, is just one. I'll tell you what. Um, First thoughts. I, I love this. I I love this Bengals team. I know you guys are Steelers fans. It's a little tougher for you guys to come around on it, but I mean, just almost an impossible team not to root for. Um, Joe Burrow has taken the world by storm. Jamar Chase has also taken the world by storm. Just a fun young team um, with just a lot of like cool guys on the team. And then on the Rams side, a lot more, I, I mean, maybe not a lot more star power, but when you think of like the biggest names in the league, Aaron Donald comes to mind, Jalen Ramsey comes to mind, Von Miller comes to mind. Um, so, I mean, you have the big names on the Rams. The one thing I can't get over going into this pick is I understand that the Titans sacked Burrow nine times and it didn't matter because they still won the game. But the difference in that game was that that Titans offense is just not the Rams offense. Um, if the Rams are going to be getting pressure on Burrow and sagging him, I fully, uh, I fully expect this Rams offense to be taking advantage of that and just kind of marching down the field when they want to. So to start off, I'm assuming, am I just giving the spread pick or am I giving both? You can give both. Why not? We'll give both. We'll give both. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Rams minus four. Um, I am 
I'm, I'm trusting McVeigh on this one. I'm trusting the the level of experience in this game. This Bengals team is has been on one of the more improbable runs, I feel like, that we've seen in recent memory, at least for, for NFL standards. Um, but it it just doesn't feel like their time yet. This this Bengals team feels like a team that I think will be back, maybe not necessarily like going to the Super Bowl next year, but this feels like a team that's going to have a place in the playoffs like for, for the foreseeable future with this offensive core that they have. So I think they'll be back. I think this Rams team, I mean, everyone knows it's built to win now. Um, you Like, I mean, two years from now, this team could look completely different than it does right now. So I think the Rams get it done. I think they win by more than four. And then on the other side, I feel like this will probably be a popular pick, but I'm going to go with the over. I'm not going to overthink this too much. I think right now it's sitting at 48 and a half. I don't know if that you guys have the same thing. Um, yep. Cool. Um, I mean, points, points are going to have to be scored. I'm thinking um, I, I don't see how they're not this Bengals defense while they've looked good. This Rams offense looks unstoppable right now. And on the other side, this Bengals offense just finds ways to score. Um, in a perfect world, I think Rams maybe get up early and then Bengals are kind of throwing to get back in the game. But 48 and a half, I think, I think they go over that pretty comfortably. So Rams minus four and the over. There you have it. I'll go next, if that's okay, sir. He's nodding his head in approval. As Shrift said, this game is tough. It uh, can go, I think, one of two ways, in my opinion. If you asked me a week ago, I would have had a different answer. In fact, I did have a different answer because my bets I were placed a week ago, foolishly. I should have had a little bit more patience and, and kind of saw how things progressed throughout the two weeks and let it digest a little bit in my mind. However, I wanted to get it in there, and my bets contradict what I'm going to say right now. They don't align. Oh, good. That, that kind of shows you how much I was thinking about this throughout the week. I was going back and forth and whatnot. However, I want to credit one person to kind of solidify my prediction in my mind, and that is Jake Matola. Uh. Uh, he's the one who... Um, you know, kind of talk some sense into me. We were watching the NFC championship and that we were watching both championship games last week. Um, and when it was, you know, Bengals Rams, whenever they both teams won and it was going to be these teams in the Super Bowl, he's like, man, I don't, uh, I, I don't know how the Bengals are going to win this game. The Rams have an advantage in every single area of the field, better defensive line, better offensive line, better coach. You can say equal quarterbacks, but I mean, it's, it's hard to deny Stafford. I mean, I know people are going to say are all in on Burrow right now, but people are really forgetting that Stafford was a leading MVP candidate for the first half of the season and maybe two thirds of the season. He's had a great postseason. season. Uh, just better defense in general. It just, they've got strengths and advantages all over the field. And the only thing the Bengals have is it's just Joe Burrow that's it that's the only thing you could say is just that Joe Burrow doesn't lose must win games and they've made it this far why can't they win one more that's the only thing in my mind that I can think of to just to to go with the Bengals here um and I I kind of alluded to it in the in the beginning of the show I think it might be reminiscent of last year's Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. The Chiefs are really banged up. 
and the Bucks, who had a really good defensive line, same like the Rams. I think we could see a very similar scenario there. Um, and I hate to say it because I hope the Super Bowl is just as good of a game as we've seen throughout the postseason. We've seen some of the best postseason games and that I can remember. Uh, the Chiefs-Bills game is I'm never going to forget that game, and I'm sure you guys won't either. So, however, I do fear it's it's not going to be that close of a game. I'm going to be with Shreff, and I'm going to pick the Rams minus four and a half. I'm going to pick the under at 40, under 48 and a half. Uh, and I'm going to give an official score prediction. Mm. I have the Rams 26 and Bengals 17. There you have it. Jack's giving a smile, and I don't know why. Sorry, d- sorry. Before you go, Jack, just just so everyone's clear. I have bet the Bengals money line. <laughs> hmm. also, Your official pick is Rams to cover for this. I forgot to give this stat as well. This is a little. It, I don't know. Clearly, we'll find out what, where Jack's going to go in just a second here. Uh, but I did want to throw it out there. This is. I found it very interesting. I was looking up historical against the spreads for the Super Bowl in the past twenty Super Bowls. Do you guys know what the under the underdogs are in covering the spread in the past 20 Super Bowls? Oh man. I feel like maybe 14 and 6. You're exactly right. It's they're 14 and 6. And what are the underdogs money line in the Super Bowls in the past 20 Super Bowls of those 14 um, covers? Like 500. I'm gonna 11, 11 out of the 14. I was gonna say 10. One. I was gonna say 10. Uh, that that is uh that is that's a that's eye-opening to say well, the why, well why'd you wait till now to tell us that? I don't know. But you took but why are you taking the Rams then? <laughs> because all the logical stuff in my brain said to take the Rams. So but you then you already they're... took the Bengals. So you're yeah. all over the place. So you're, I am all so you're over picking, the place. So, so for, for this podcast, you're, you're, you're choosing your brain over the stats that have been given to you. Well, he's, yeah. that would be he's picking, he's choosing with his heart then, not his brain. Sure. Well, brain he, yeah, but he's, he's, using his own, he's using his own logic to determine that he thinks that the Rams have better players than the Bengals do. Yeah, I'm using the eye test over, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever, historical betting trends, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I'm using my own brain, my own eyes. Yeah, I like that. Quick right, tangent. Jack, quick tangent. Just quick question. Uh, since you said the Rams, arguably in every category, position group, whatever you said, are better. Um, I can make an argument for a couple, I guess, for the Bengals. But what do you guys think about wide receiver versus wide receiver group? Um, Bengals are deeper, but as good as the Burrow uh, Chase connection is, the Stafford Cup connection, I think, is still better. Yeah, the Rams have the best receiver in the game. And the Bengals have, in my opinion, the second and third. Then I think... Wait, With, oh, in, oh, okay, right, right. between in the both game, teams in this game. I thought you meant in the game, like in the NFL. Sorry, should have clarified. Within this game of the receivers from both teams, I think, you know, Cups one, Chase is two, Higgins is three, Boyd or Odell at four. I think it's pretty close. I think Odell's. Eh, 
It's close. It's pretty close. Right. Oh, Tyler Boyd's a pit man, so I can't. I take back what I said. I give Odell a slight edge. You would, you non, you non pit goer. I have, to, I have Tyler Boyd in my dynasty team, so oh, I'm just as much attached to him as you guys are. So okay. Jack, anyway. Jack looks nervous. Enough stalling, Jack. Commander, yeah. um, stick to your word. Yeah. Follow and say your what you have written down. I have the opposite of Mitchell. Wow. Whoa, both? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, I think so the you're game's... saying there's a chance. I think the game's <laughs> gonna be close. I I think. <laughs> um it's, it's four and a half, right? Yeah. It's four. Uh yeah, I think it's four. And also because it was four and a half. I wrote down four, but then Mitchell said four and a half. Sorry, it was four and a half earlier in the week. I had that in my mind. It is four though. All right. So At I got the Bengals. Um I think the Rams are going to win. Did we give our score predictions? Um, Mitchell, Mitchell did. I, I mean, I, it, that's a toss-up. I don't know. I wrote down 27-24. Um, uh, that's right around. I'd, I'd be close to that, but, I mean, if I have the Rams covering, it'd be a little higher. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Rams are better. I have, I'm have. i rooting for the Rams because I guess I, I can't root for the Bengals as a Steelers fan, but um, I do think the Rams will win. I think – if you give the Bengals more than a field goal, I think that's that's enough for me. I think Burrow is that good that he can at least keep it close, if not win. Um, that's why I got the Bengals plus four. Um, over under, I don't know. I was less confident in that one. I think I can. I could see it going both ways of it being like a like Super Bowl nerves taking taking hold in the beginning and it being a slow start. Um, and points are are hard to come by. Um, and then maybe things being opened up late and being shootout-esque, um, which, I mean, both offenses are capable of doing. So, um, I mean, with my score prediction, that's like 51, 51 points. So, it's barely the over, but I'm going to take the over, I guess. It's a tough one. I, I, I'm not – I think out of the entire play, like every playoff matchup so far, this game is the toughest one. Like, I, I don't know. It's the most toss-up, I think, in my opinion, betting-wise. All right. Well. That got me very excited for this trivia matchup here at the end of the show. Because now it's, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Before we get to prop bets, I do want to add a couple things on your on your uh, selection, Jack. I think it, if for some reason, if I was going with Bengals, I would have picked the over. But the Rams, I just think it'll be the under. Because I think if the Rams win, they shut them down completely. And I think it lends itself that way. So... If I were to switch one of them, I probably would have switched both. Um, so I, I do, I do kind of see where you're going with that one, in that sense. Um, and however, though, I mean, based on the stat that I just kind of gave you guys, the underdogs are 14 and six and covering in the past 20 Super Bowls, and they won 11 of those 14 games. I don't really see the value in the in the Bengals to cover. I feel like, from what we've seen, you know, in a trend sense. Yeah, value should be in the just taking underdogs money line. Right? Yes. If they yeah. if they cover, they just win. Yeah. You know, it's it's been rare in our lifetime, really, where the underdog covers, but they don't win. Yeah, so three of that, twenty times. Yeah. That's yeah. where I said in in my bet, I did the Bengals money line. So that's pretty cool. Sure. All right. Time for some prop bets. Uh, like I said in the top of the show, we're gonna give you some. I guess, quote-unquote, normal prop bets that are related to some stats. 
um, then some slightly more less, I guess, less mainstream ones. Uh, and then we're going to give you one that we made up ourselves. So, uh, Shreff, you can start us off. What are two prop bets or however many you came up with regular ones that, that you like the value in? Yeah, I found, I, I found two, um, both, both on the Ram side of things. Um, this is more a reflection of just how I think this, this game's going to work out. Like I said, I, the way that I see it happening, I, I, don't think, I don't think the Rams are going to come out with as much maybe like rustiness as the Bengals might. And when I say rustiness, I more just mean like I, as much as I love Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense, I, I, I have a hard time seeing how against a defensive line like that, that the Bengals are going to come out instantly and just like just start making plays right away. Um, so I, I think the Rams jump back to an early lead and I do think it's still going to be like a somewhat close game. So I think it's gonna be a lot of throwing. So with that in mind, we're going to a certain receiver on the Rams and no, it is not Cooper cup. I know what you guys were thinking. You guys thought it was cup. I fooled you all, but I think the way the Bengals are going to be playing, I would assume when you have two weeks to prepare, one of the main things they're going to be focusing on is how do we stop Cooper cup? So when you're talking about him all this time, you're forgetting about someone on the other side of the field, he loves kick. He loves punching nets. He loves poop. He loves, he loves so many different things. It's Odell. Van Jefferson. And yeah, yeah. It's Van Jefferson. He loves poop. No, it, it, it's Odell. Um, I, I saw, I saw the, the receiving number for him on receiving yards was 63 and a half. Um, I think with his big play potential and just the way that they've been using him in recent weeks, I mean, it's clear that he's become more of a focal point on this offense every week. So I would imagine that this, that's going to continue. I think he could, I think he could pass that mark with, I don't know, like four catches probably depending on how, how those plays work out. But like, like I said, the, the big play potential is there. I think, I think Bengals are going to be keying in on cut most of the game as they should, which I mean, if Eli Apple's sitting on Odell, I'm, I, I think he gets that number pretty easily. Um, and then my second one, looking at the QB, they had Stafford's number at 281 and a half. Um, I like him going over that. Um, I know, I mean, 281 and a half is, is definitely a, a, a big number, but once again, just going back to the way I think this game's going to go, I think Rams are going to be throwing the ball early and often. I think it could, I, I mean, it, it's going to be close. You, I mean, these, these numbers always work out to be close, but 281 and a half, give me the over and then give me, give me, give me Odell with the over 63 and a half for receiving as well. All right. So my first one is a little bit of a cheap one. Um, I just think it's you got to throw it in there. I mean, it's cup anytime touchdown. It's my. It's only. It's honestly, I was surprised it wasn't minus two hundred or greater. Yeah, uh, it's at minus one ninety. And, and Mitchell, tw- sorry, what? And just saw DraftKings boost. They're boosting that from one minus one ninety to plus one hundred. Yeah. See, I mean, that's just. I think you got to take that. I yeah. mean. He has 20 touchdowns in 20 games. He averages one touchdown a game. How many guys based on, can you say that about? Based on averages. Exactly. So, and it's the biggest stage. He, they're going to get him the ball, and he's going to score. So, I just think you have to take that one. And the other one I did, it's not a, It's not like a yards or a touchdown one. Uh, I just think it's a little bit fun, and it's probably, honestly, a – a um, what's what's it called? It, I, I I don't know. I don't really think this is gonna happen. But total players to attempt to pass over two and a half. 
Uh, it's at pl- it's plus 155, so it's not that high. But I just think maybe one of these coaches will try to get creative, and I don't know. I just think it's something to, to throw out there. So. Okay, my props. Um, I'll start. I got a similar one that Chef had. I think I might have mentioned to him uh, a couple of days ago or last week. Uh, I have four units on this one, um, which is $20, $5 a unit. Uh, Odell over five and a half receptions. Um, primarily because Eli Apple is going to be guarding him. He stinks. And I, I mean, he's been talking his head off and that's bad karma. I think he's going to get burned bad on the biggest stage of his career. Um, that's the main reason why I'm confident in that. Um, Odell has also had a great postseason. looking into it. He averages 6.3 catches on 7.6 targets this postseason, which that's all against better cornerbacks than Eli apples. So Yeah. I think he can get to six receptions. Uh, as I said earlier, like this game could turn a little shootouty, so that could be more passes thrown Odell's way. Um, this was that was his. Uh, that's what it was set at five and a half, and it was plus one fifteen when I put twenty bucks on it. I think it's it went down to plus one ten now, so it's still in plus money. If you're interested in on DraftKings, um, my other one I also has had Cooper Cup MVP. I think. Of recent memory, and that's tough. We got some great offensive players in Super Bowl, but I wanted to say, like, he's been the most dominant offensive player. Like, if you think back at past Super Bowls, I guess you can argue, like, Travis Kelsey and Terry Killer. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but they're like a duo. Like, they're that one's tough for them because I yeah. feel like the way, the way they're the way they operate, it's like either like, like one of them's going to go off and one of them's probably not going to do much. Right. Um, I just think he's a player that's a non-quarterback that's worth investing in for Super Bowl MVP. Uh, yeah. Plus 650 is when I got it at a couple of days ago. I don't know if it's changed. Um, I also wanted to mention, yeah, the plus the, he is minus 190 anytime touchdown that's boosted on drafting is a plus 100. Take advantage of that. Um, another one I liked, you can bet exact total, exact total sacks. Um, now each team, both teams, sorry, both teams average a combined 5.05 allowed sacks per game. So five sacks is at plus 300, um, five sacks exactly is plus 300. If you think it's going to be a little more because maybe the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the Rams defensive line versus Bengals offensive line could result in more six exact total sacks is plus 350 and then seven or more total sacks is plus 280. I think there's good value in those three right there. I think it will get above five. So I think it's just kind of a toss up between those three at relatively similar odds from like plus 280 to plus 350, wherever you want to go there. Um, Yeah. Those are my prop bets. Are we giving our, our weird bizarre prop bets we found? Next, I can just go into that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. On DraftKings, I only have one, I guess, but on DraftKings, there was a prop bit. Will there be an octopus? (laughs) Do you guys know what that means? No. 
I, I didn't either, but I looked into it, and it's a player scoring a touchdown and then scoring the ensuing two-point conversion. I've never heard it called an octopus. That is so weird. What are the odds on that? What do you think they would be? I, I don't think it seems very likely at all. <laughs> so, uh, plus 1,400. Yep. That's right? <laughs> plus 1,400, yes, minus 2,500, no. Oh my gosh! I can't believe I got that exactly right. Wow. I think it's a, I think the sign. You got to do it. Oh man! <laughs> wow, an octopus. I would. I. That's not what I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess like eight total touchdowns in the game or something like that. I mean, oh, total. Okay, not by yeah. one player, right? <laughs> I think that's a sign. You got to bet that. I think it's also a sign that I guessed exactly the the underdog cover record in the past twenty years at fourteen and six. I think that's also a sign. So, hmm. anyway, that's that's my weird one that I found. It's not too weird when you know what the term is. It's just I was taken aback when I saw "Will there be an octopus?" And like, is this hockey? What, what are we? What what? You're throwing no. an octopus in the ice? Like, you're, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, like you said, it makes sense once it's explained, but it does yeah. catch your eye. So I'm glad you did bring it up on the show here. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. My bizarre ones aren't that bizarre. I mean, they're pretty standard in terms of Super Bowl prop bets because they do get kind of crazy. Uh, but I did want to talk about it because I do have a lot of stats about it. Uh, the first one, I don't really have any stats about it, but I do I do like it a lot. The over-under, the jersey number, the first touchdown score. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's a 23 and a half. I think you oh, I like that. 100% have to go under. If you look yeah. at the, the top five people that have any time uh, – Anytime touchdown odds, Cooper Cup, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers, Jamar Chase, and Odell Beckham. Four of those five have under. So I just feel like it's right. It's got to be more likely that it's under, right? Yeah, I was like, it's just I was looking at that one, and it's basically if you're betting over, that's like Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and like Tyler Higby. Is like C.J. Uzama, or is he hurt? Uzama's hurt. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd much rather take my chances with Odell, Akers, Cup, and Chase. Like, and those like aren't even it. odds, though. I mean, they're relatively even. What are they? Do you know? Sorry, let me just check real quick. Like, I want to say that was like, I don't remember exactly. Okay, it's minus 140 and plus 110. So I still minus think 140 is enough. Yeah, that's good enough. It's not that much of a disparity. Yeah. So. That's always a fun one. I like the under in that. Now, we got to talk about the national anthem. It's not something you could bet on most mainstream uh, sports books. However, it's definitely something to talk about this year. Have you, are you guys familiar with all the all – the, that's going into it? Not yes. this year. Why? Okay, so the over-under is 95 seconds. Okay. Year. The average over-under – for the national sorry the average time the actual time that was spent for the national anthem between 1991 and 2020 which is 30 years is 114 seconds right i know it's like that and more recent i think i saw a stat that's like in the past 10 years like only two of them have gone under two minutes right exactly Something like that so yeah 95 so have, seconds is short from what so, i so right so at first glance you're like okay why is it 95 seconds if the average is 114 seconds over the past 30 years? There's something's got to be off there. However, oh, sorry. Yeah, and also, you're right, Jack. The longest 
ever was in 2013. It was 155 seconds, so two minutes and 35 seconds. However, this year, it's – what's the person's name? It's Mickey something. Mickey Guyton, I believe, is the Mickey name. Mickey Guyton. Mm-hmm. Country singer. And they've got the nickname Quickie Mickey because sang, they <laughs> sung the national anthem at a Memorial Day weekend concert this year in 76 seconds. <laughs> And in 2015 at a country music seminar, sang it in 81 seconds. So Mickey Guyton, notorious for singing the national anthem very quick. Hence, the line has dropped tremendously to a minute and 35 seconds. So it sounds like a trap. Sounds like easy money. However, maybe this is Mickey's time to shine. Got to watch out for old Mickey. And uh, and belt it out for longer than 95. There was I don't know which one. one I like in this one. I just thought it was very interesting to note because that's a big uh, disparity than the, than your typical national anthem prop bet. What do you think? Based on that information, Jack, what would you pick? That makes it tough because <laughs> I didn't know who he was, but then whoever did Treff, whoever said he's a country singer, I feel like that's a genre of music that you sing slow. Like I'd, I'd, I'd expect a country <laughs> singer to be a slow singer. But then Mitchell gives the historical da- data of, of the 71 or whatever it was, 75, 81 seconds. It's a stuff of legend. Uh, I think I'd take the over. I think I'm I got it under. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think she can add. <laughs> oh, it's a, I thought it was a guy. No, it's no, a girl. No, it's she's a woman. Come on. Uh, but I don't. I don't think she can add 14 seconds to the uh, national anthem. You don't, you don't like, think I at least look you at think good old Mick can add. Like. Come on, you don't think Mick can add 14 seconds? Okay, but then the what that that 81 seconds was six, seven years ago. The one that was 76 seconds was this past year. So like, is she gonna add 20 seconds to the national anthem? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Shreff. What yep. is your uh, unconventional prop bets? Um, I'll give you two that I found. Um, both of these, uh, keep in mind, I, I, I just did my, my version of research for this was just like fun prop bets. So not all, so these, these didn't give me exactly which book you're going to find these on. But I mean, if, if, if you listeners out there want to want to really dig deep and find these, uh, by all means, go ahead. My first one it actually relates to, uh, to the national anthem conversation. Um, this is, uh, will any scoring drive take less time than it takes to sing the national anthem? So yes, that. yes is minus 240. No is plus 175. I think so. There will be a quick touchdown at some point. Well, I don't like, know. Mickey sings them pretty quick, so it's got to be uh, a that's, first, that's what I mean. first play. It, it could be interesting. If the if Mick goes low on the, on the anthem time, I don't know. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't know. Well, some good odds, Jack, plus 175. I'm going to have to try to find it. Um, and then my other one, I, I, this one just seemed fun. Uh, since since this is a sports podcast, uh, the Olympics are also going on right now. It's all this and too, yeah. There was, yeah, there was a prop, there's a prop bet on here. Um, is The question is just what will be higher? The options are Cooper Cup total receptions at the Super Bowl or USA gold medals at the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. The odds currently Cooper Cup is minus 175 and the gold medals are plus 145. I just don't know enough about that. I don't either. Yeah. I, 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 I just thought that one was fun. And that, that one's also, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a crazy one because wouldn't that mean that you'd place that bed and then still have to wait for like a couple more weeks? Yeah. 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 
He did. Be some delayed the Olympics just started this week, so you got to wait at least another week. It, it would also be funny as as someone from the USA to bet to bet on Cooper Cup to be higher. So that would that would mean that you'd have to be rooting against Team USA in the Olympics, which would be kind of funny to think about. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Pretty un, unpatriotic to uh, to be, go with Cooper Cup there. Um, do you want me to go right into my to my made up one now? Sure. Why not? Let's let's cool. roll with it. I, I have two. Um, one is one that I think we talked about like after our recording a couple weeks ago. But um, this one, I, I I set the line. I'm not sure if I if I like the line or not, but it feels somewhat accurate. It, it, it's th- this is all going to be very dependent on the way the game goes. But this is the number of odd noises that Alan Chris will make during the broadcast. Um, we've had this conversation before. Alan Chris, as soon as things start getting exciting, like the percentage of words that come out of their mouth that are like able to be understood goes like significantly down um i set the line at six and a half i i, I feel i feel like that i felt like that was fair like they, they they don't do it a ton but if this game gets good like especially as an eagles fan i remember watching that that patriot super bowl i i feel like there was like 15 different times where they just made noises so six and a half felt right i don't know what you guys think about that but that but that's what i have have the line set up well, if if the game goes how my prediction was, which is twenty six to seventeen Rams, yeah, you I would go, go with that. the under there because yeah. that doesn't seem like too much drama. <laughs> However, if it's like Jack said, which is twenty seven twenty four, then you, you have to think there will be a couple. Ah, well, look, and then the, another another side of that too is we, you know, we had all this talk about the Rams D line. If Burrow if Burrow's getting sacked and the ball's like flying out of his hands a couple times, you know, you know, like uh, is coming out at some point. Mm-hmm. I think that's still high, but Is I it like though? it. You, you say that. I don't know. Should I move it down? I say move it we down. We also need an official judge it. of what's like an inaudible word. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I can be in charge of that. Yeah, well. That means yeah. you can't place any you, – you wouldn't be able to place any wages. You're right. You definitely that's would have okay. some bias going into that. That's so. fine. Um, but then my other one um, – I've I've been uh I've been enamored with the Mac Jones video of, of him doing the gritty in the, in the end zone. <laughs> Dang it, so you stole my ref. So my other prop bet is is number of a uh, total number of gritties done in game. Uh, I, I have the line set at one and a half. Um, oh man, I have the same I, one as you. I, I I had it at one and a half. I upped it to two and a half. You upped it to, so yeah. So I I was worried about it because basically like the way I thought about it at first is I was like, you're basically betting on Jamar Chase touchdowns, but. I feel like with that Bengals team, you can end up getting like getting like four different guys doing the gritty at once in the end zone. You know yeah. I mean? Does that so? Who, like, is it's that amount of players? Players. players. Okay. Not like yeah. Gritty, gritty, to... gritty occurrences. Yeah. Yeah. Because one gritty occurrence can consist of like three that individual is, gritties. That that is very true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I said so I have one and one and a half. Yeah. So I had the same one. I did over under two and a half gritties shown on TV. So if they happen, mm-hmm. but they're not shown on TV. <laughs> How do we? We might have to get in contact with someone at the game true right so yeah i uh, that's funny how we had the same one and we we pretty much set the line to the same at the same thing because i had yeah i wasn't gonna go higher than one and a half just because like there is that chance that only chase does it so like i had to i had to give that chance to people i feel like odell could do it for some reason odell could but yeah i feel like odell if odell scores in the super bowl i'd like to imagine that, that that he has something bigger planned maybe maybe matthew stafford will do it yeah, that'd be sick. Or like McVay on the sideline. Odds on Andrew. <laughs> odds on Andrew Whitworth hitting the gritty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You should just have all instead of any gritty odds. odds. You have any time underrated. Odds. Underrated candidate for someone that would do the gritty would be McPherson after like a game-winning field goal. I could see McPherson hitting the gritty on his way out. 
<laughs> on the game winning Super, Super Bowl game winning field goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I want to so, see yeah. Zach Taylor hit the gritty. That's someone yeah. who I actually don't want to see hit the gritty. That okay. Yeah. So so those are my two. Awesome. All right. Well, I have the same thing. So Jack, if you have anything, um, tough to make odds on this one, but um, does Al Michaels reference the point total or spread? Mm. Al, Al's such a little trickster the way he does it though. He's, I feel like he's done it before. And like, well, I, I feel like the announcers have to like really try to sneak it in. Like they can't be. Too well, no, out. now if you notice announcers at the start of the game may say like, may say it bluntly i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like is he going to reference it like how he has done in the past like before sneakily sneakily yes Mm. i put the odds that although he's like known for that i still think it's less likely he does it i put the odds of him doing that at plus 250 i'm gonna take it okay i like that i think he would i like that too like i feel like in all the games that he's done it's like not as common, but he still does it more than anyone else. Maybe since it's the Super Bowl, he may be more inclined to do it. So plus fifty, I think, would be good value. Huh? I'm, I'm, I, I'd hit, I'd hit that. Okay. I, I do it. The other one that I considered doing, but like, it was hard to figure out the, the logistics of it, just because I would have had to really go back and watch some film. But I thought about doing one, which was like the amount of time between Al Michaels doing like his opening little monologue, and then when Collinsworth does his slide in. I wanted to get like right. a second. I wanted to get like a second total on that. You'd have to go back to and watch the previous broadcast yeah. Yeah, to get I, an accurate line. Yeah, I would have had to watch all the slides to get like a, an average. Right. So I decided against that, but that would have been a fun one. Yeah. All right. Is it time? I think so. Trivia time. All right. My fate is on the line. So let's see. Well, then I, I feel like the way we should do this, should I ask questions last then? Okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, okay. All so right. So we can either text Jack or type in the chat, I guess, but do it separately. Yeah, I'll privately. Text, I'll probably just text you, Jack. All right. Okay. So I will explain this to the listeners just because we did discuss this off uh, offline. So we're not doing it Jeopardy style. We're not doing whoever buzzes in first has the chance to answer. It's just going to be regular trivia. So whoever asked the question, uh, for example, if it's Jack here, Shreff and I will both text Jack individually our answer. So we could both potentially get a point for getting the correct answer or both not get the correct answer. Um, and it's no, no points off for getting it incorrect. Uh, and just one point per correct answer. So the most you can get is six because we each have come up with three questions, all Super Bowl related. All right, Jack, go ahead. I guess, I don't know, 30 seconds, right? Is that appropriate amount of time you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I am ready whenever you guys are. Should I give you my category? Sure. I, I, I didn't really have a specific category. I know. I didn't expect. I just, I had a category. Okay. Well, it's, whatever you think. It's Super Bowl MVPs. Okay. Um, I have a easy, medium, and hard question, so I'll start with easy. All right. Who is the only undrafted player to win a Super Bowl MVP? 
This is the easy one. I have some, I guess. I need a guess. Okay. You both guessed the same thing, and you're both incorrect. The guess was Malcolm. The guess is Malcolm Smith. Shreff is what is your second guess? Is it another Malcolm? No. I thought, but did Butler not win MVP that year? I always get confused. But was he? He did not. No. Um. The answer is Kurt Warner. Mm. That's tough. You you just saw the movie the other day too, right? Mm. So I guess that's why it was easy for me because it was like came right to your head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a good question though. I like that one. Next question. In the past 10 years, there have been two players who are former seventh round picks to be Super Bowl MVPs. Who are they? Two. Yep. In the past 10 years. Oh, man. So should we make this a two pointer or like you need to get both yeah. the two points? I feel like I, I feel like if you get All one, right, we'll make it a two pointer. Make a two pointer. Yeah. I think Go. that's fair because I also have a two person question. So that'll be Ooh. fair. Okay. Ooh. Okay. That works. Oh, man. We have a little bit more time there's two people. Yeah, can we get a little more time because there's two people and more poop on Odell. Boop, boop, boop. All right, text me. <laughs> I don't have I no guesses in. I only have one person. I don't have a. Second. All right, then try for one point. I'm. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do something dumb here. Past ten that, years. I don't have that smart. Okay. All right. Okay. Chef gave two guesses. Mitchell gave one, and both of you are going to get one point. The correct answer is Malcolm Smith and Julian Edelman. Okay, so I'm. I'm gonna sound really dumb here. What round was Tom Brady selected? Why, why six. Six. I was so close. What did you yeah. guess, Rev? Well, no, I guessed Tom Brady. And as Edelman? My, as, no, I no, guess He I guessed Malcolm Smith. Smith. Mitchell guessed Edelman. Okay, I guessed Edelman. I mean, I think that's a fair question because if you just think back the past 10 years, like they're almost all first-round picks and Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Because you no, go like... No, I, I did, I'm not complaining at all. I think it was a Brady, good Mahomes, Edelman... Um. Foles, mm-hmm. Brady, Mitt, Von Miller, Von Miller, Eli is at the end there. Rogers, so yeah, okay, I like it. Um, all right, my last question is my hard one. Oh man, oh good. Um, who is the only kick returner to ever win Super Bowl MVP? That's really hard. Do <laughs> you have a guess, Jeff? Yeah, I have a guess, but I don't think it's right. Okay. I have a I have a I have a second guess too, but I don't think he wanted either. 
Um, Mitchell guessed correctly. Desmond Howard. Oh, yeah, I wasn't getting that. Of the Green Bay Packers in 1996, he had 244 all-purpose yards, and a nine, including a 99-yard kick return touchdown. So scoreboard, Mitchell has two. I have one. Trev has one. Okay. Yep. All right, I will ask my questions now. Here we go. You guys ready? Yep. I feel like mine are slightly easier than Jack, but maybe not. We'll see. First one. Uh, I'll give you guys the two-person question first. It's not the first question I've written down, but I want to ask it first. Since the year 2000, who are the only two non-quarterbacks to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl? Do, 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 Ask do, it one do, more do. time for me. Sorry. Since the year 2000, who are the only two non-quarterbacks to throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Do, 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 do. Odell is going to get six receptions and Bernie Eli Apple in the Super Bowl. Oh, I just texted Jack my answers. Whoops, hold on. Oh, I already, I already have. Oh, yeah, we guys put him in there. Okay. So, Chef got one right and one wrong. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Chef's guess were. I'll, I'll text him to you, Mitchell. Okay. Jack gets two points. Shref gets one point. Shref gets Trey Burton and Muhammad Sanu. Trey Burton is correct. Jack technically didn't spell Trey Burton right, but we'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> Trey Burton and Antoine Randwell of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. All right. I was at a disadvantage on that one. Yeah, I thought so. I maybe I didn't know. No, well, no, no, actually, you know what? I'll I'll give you some credit, Mitchell, because it was one eagle and one. You're right. That's what I was thinking. One eagle and steel. I fair. think it, I think that made it fair. Also, I just I feel like the the I, eagles I, one is maybe a bit more notable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I knew this was going to be for stakes of the of the the competition and the picks, I don't. It know doesn't matter for me though. But I guess you. I know, but I don't know if I would have spoon fed Jack Antoine Randall. But it's a good point. I think it's all right. Fed. Nonetheless. Which former Eagles and Jaguars defensive lineman scored the first touchdown to Super Bowl 50? Which former Eagles and Jaguars defensive lineman scored the first touchdown to Super Bowl 50? Do, 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 Need an answer, Jack. Oh, wait, I texted Shrev. <laughs> Jack texted me. Because <laughs> that was oh. the last message I had up. And no, I don't have a guess. I don't have a guess. I know when you say it, I'm going to know it. But I think I got it right, didn't I? Shrev guessed correctly. Shrev yeah. let the audience know what the correct answer is. It was Malik Jackson. Ah, yeah. That was the that was the one that Miller forced that fumble, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so just the name was just escaping me, right? Okay, Jack. Just so we're keeping track of the correct points, Jack has 
two. Yeah. Right. Shref yep. has three. I'm up to three now. And Mitchell has And two. I have two. Yep. Okay. All right. Last question for me. Which AFC West quarterback threw the most interceptions in a single Super Bowl, doing so 19 years ago in Super Bowl 37? Jesus. Which AFC West quarterback threw the most interceptions in a single Super Bowl, doing so 19 years ago in Super Bowl 37? Don't text each other the answer. Do, 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 do. Do 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 and that means Jack, wait what was the answer sorry i didn't mean to say that. <laughs> it was rich gannon with five ah okay that makes sense jack has three it's three three two shref has three i have two all right and shref there you go well this works out very well boys because I, I jack i don't think you were on for this i was telling mitchell so two of my questions are going to be a, a closest guess wins so for two of these questions, only one of you will be getting a point. Okay. So I'm, so I'm trying to think what would be the best way to balance this out? Should I ask them last? Sure. Okay. Then we'll, then we'll start with my, with my like normal question and answer one. Okay. Here we go. Since 2000, only one receiver has recorded over 150 receiving yards in, in, the, in one Super Bowl. Who was it? And my hint for this is that it happened after the year 2015. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm narrow I'm narrowing down the years for you. So you're not thinking like twenty something years here. Right. Okay. I'll give you a little extra time on this one. This is, this is a tough one. Wait, sorry, you said 150 yards? Over 150 receiving yards in one Super Bowl. Did you give us it is a receiver or you didn't give us that? You don't have to give it, us that. I'll give you it is a receiver and it was after the year 2015. Okay. Sorry, the 2015 season or the 2015 Super Bowl? It was it was after the twenty the the Super Bowl did not happen in the year two. It was after this. Okay. So, all right. Okay. I probably could have worded this better, but it's okay. Mm. Do, 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 do. Odell gets the poop on his chest. Do, 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 do. Oh, we're starting off with a hard one, boys, I guess. Oh, man, this is tough. Hmm. I was going to put this one at the end because I think this is definitely the hardest one. But with the way the score is working out currently, I thought I'd throw it in the front here. Not confident whatsoever in my guess. Let's see a guess then. Ooh. I think I'm wrong. Jackson, Mitchell's in. Okay. You guys were both incorrect. One of you was much closer than the other was, though. Um, Mitchell, you guessed Julio Jones. That was not correct and not as close as Jack's guess. Jack uh, guessed Julian Edelman. You had the team right. You had the receiver wrong. It was Danny Amendola. 
Wow. That's so tough. He did, it, he, did it, he did it in the Eagles Super Bowl. He recorded, I believe it was 152 receiving yards. I was thinking it could be that one. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Edelman had 133 yards. So I was doing my research into this, and it was showing me the mo- like, most receiving yards ever in a game. He was you right know there. how many Edelman Julio had by chance? Uh, I don't know how many Julio had, but our, like Edelman was not far below the 152. So that was good. That was good. Okay, so still 3-2 between you guys. Okay, so now, now here comes the fun ones. Okay. Oh boy. okay. So this one, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to be sending me a number and for these next two, and whoever is closest to the correct number will be awarded the point. So first one. Doesn't matter if we go over or not. Just uh, I, I, no, just, just furthest away is the loser. Okay. How much did the most expensive first Super Bowl tickets cost? Here and actually, just for just for some reference, um, like how much did a gallon of milk cost? Oh, that's okay. So, so, so this first Super Bowl happened in 1967. Yeah, those okay. And then here, let's do this. <laughs> in 1960, a gallon of milk was costing one dollar per gallon. How much does a gallon cost now? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like three dollars. I think a gallon of milk is not a good comparison. All right, but, gallon okay. of gas. Gallon of gas is better. But still that, okay. <laughs> Don't give us any more hints. Let's just go I'm for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, interested to, I'm interested to see these guesses because my the number that I would have said was was was, was so off. The most ex- expensive or inexpensive? Ex- expensive. The, the website that I was on giving me these statistics said most expensive Super Bowl ticket. Okay, all right. Okay, my guess is in. Did we guess the same thing? No, you didn't, but it's a tie ball game between you two. Really? <laughs> Let's go. Mitchell was closer and it was by a wide margin. So Jack, you guessed a hundred dollars. Mitchell guessed twenty-six dollars. The number the number was twelve. Let's <laughs> go. The number was twelve. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Th- this works out perfectly. So we're so uh, you okay. guys are tied going to this next one. And this I, I, I I like this question. I like this question the most because that that last one was kind of like a an abstract one. This one, I think, if if you guys know your football, there's like a slight chance that you're gonna know this, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. I like my chances. I like my chances. How fast was the quickest score in Super Bowl history? Like from the start of the game. Start of the game. The amount of time. It took or like the play. It's gonna be the play, and um, I I was gonna mention this. It it doesn't have to be a uh, doesn't have to be a touchdown. Wait, <laughs> wait. Can I hear the question again? Then I don't understand. Quickest score in Super Bowl history. Yeah. How much time did it take from the start of the game? And it doesn't it doesn't have to be a touchdown. But are we are we getting the correct answer based on the time or the actual play? Just the time. I don't care about the if if you know the play, great. But I I don't need to know the play. I, I, I just need the amount of time it took. Okay. I still don't understand. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain. Well, I feel like my <laughs> questions always always have some caveats here. Okay. Yeah. So, Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Game, okay. game, game kicks off. Yep. Quickest score. Like any, so any quickest score. score from that 15. From that 15, from that 15 minute from mark. The 15 minute mark on the points, points scored. Doesn't have to, doesn't necessarily have to be a touchdown. It could just be points scored. Okay. From the 15 minute mark of the first quarter kickoff. Yep. And you're okay. going, and, and this is just seconds. So the amount of seconds it took. Okay. Get, get, you can, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I'll change my answer because yes, I misheard yes. the question. Okay. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> All right. They're both in? Both in. I'm so nervous. Ah, oh, okay. I think I, I might be right. Okay. So, Jack. Jack said 12 seconds. Jack, you were close. You were very close. Was I not close enough? However, the person you were facing knew the exact time and the exact play. I, I got I think, exactly right. Well, I, is Mitchell, the play... Mitchell I, guessed I, the exact what? right answer. The answer was seven seconds, and it was from uh, No Sean Moreno falling on a loose ball in the what? end zone on the first play from scrimmage in the Super Bowl of Seattle versus Denver. Let's go. I said seven seconds. Seattle, is, Seattle safety, Super Bowl 48. Let's there go. Is a Wait a second. First, Wait a, a second. On the first play of the game. Oh, was it a touchback? Mm-hmm. Safety, right? Well, no, safety. So it's just, so I'm, I'm thinking, off. I'm thinking of Devin Hester's touchdown. Well, I would have said that Shreff's hint gave it to me because I would have said Devin Hester. He said, doesn't have to be a touchdown. I'm like, it's definitely didn't the have to be a safety. touchdown. That, that, that was the caveat that I almost forgot. Uh, to. I'm glad I okay. let's go. I got exactly it. seven seconds. I got exactly. Yeah, I, I was right. going to say, Jack, I, I was going to feel bad, except for the fact that Mitchell knew the exact play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, I thought it was definitely Devin Hester. Well, and that, that was why I added that caveat because I, I, I did think about that Hester play as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. Mitchell. All right. Well, let's just say this: if the Rams cover and it goes under, I think because of this, I a hundred percent deserve it. Yeah, you do. Yep. Wow. Oh man, that was thrilling stuff. If you made it all the way to the end of this episode, congratulations! You just witnessed something thrilling. Yeah, I hope it was worth your <laughs> while. I think it was. Exactly. All right. That concludes our Super Bowl preview show, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Let's hope the game is as thrilling as that trivia contest there at the end. Uh, we can only hope and continue this, you know, fantastic postseason that it's been. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Shref will probably have one more episode of his regularly, regularly scheduled podcast appearances uh, with our Super Bowl recap show uh, next week. Then he'll, you know, he won't be a stranger. He'll be back plenty of times throughout the offseason. Never a stranger. Uh, we've got NFL free agency. We've got the NFL drafts and so back. on and so forth. So he'll definitely be here, um, you know, more than just on occasion. So, all right. Share the show with your friends. Oh, sorry. Hard stop there. I almost forgot. Please. If you are interested in a pool, and sorry, in a box for our box pool, please, please sign up. It's $15 a box. Uh, the prizes are $200 for the first and third quarter, $400 for halftime, and $700 for the final score. So please reach out if you know anyone or if you're, you yourself are interested. Please contact, contact us uh, at Hogline Podcast on Instagram 
and TikTok or text us if you have our numbers. Um, and yeah, if anyone else is interested, you know, please, you know, share the details with them as well. Yep. All right, folks, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. See ya. Peace, love, prosperity, happiness, joy, everlasting life, almonds, chives, knives, hives, and niche. Let's go. Thank you.